The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. This is episode 147, and we are back with another return guest all the way from Australia, Liz Butcher. Liz was with us back on episode 90 a year ago uh, right now, which we kind of reminisce about in the episode. Uh, we, we have a great time catching up, uh, discussing work-life balance, especially now in the midst of covid uh, we talk about creepy old homes for inspiration, <laughs> and then and then we catch up on how her story from last year, Fate's Fury, how that did, and uh, the uh, reaction she's gotten from it. Plus, of course, you know you're going to get a sample chapter on her newest book, La Rue Manor, uh, which uh, came out a little while back, and it's been getting some great feedback. And let me tell you, you are in for a treat with that uh, chapter reading that she's got. So. All of that and more coming up here in just a few minutes, so hang on tight, and uh, we're going to be right over to there. I hope you got a chance to enjoy that episode a few days ago with Lou Diamond Phillips. That was a lot of fun for me. I've had a lot of great feedback for it so far, and I really appreciate everybody uh, sharing it and, and, and commenting. It's been It's been such a blast. Now, I meant to, um, in the pre-show... I meant to announce then uh, that, you know, remind everybody that NaNoWriMo was coming up. And, of course, you know, totally forgot because I was trying to put everything together and just flew right over my head. I forgot. But, (laughs) you know, here we are. We're about a week away from NaNoWriMo kicking off right after Halloween, you know, November 1st. And, yeah, I will be participating. That is the plan. If you are a NaNoWriMo participant and you're looking for buddies, make sure you look me up. Jason A. Meiske, and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for that so you can find me very easily and uh, just add me as a buddy. I'll I'll add you back. And then we can root each other on throughout the month of November. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll try and get another book written. And uh, hopefully for me, since I'm not putting out double episodes each week, <laughs> I'll be a little bit freed up to, uh, to do some more, uh, do a lot more writing. At least that's the plan anyway. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, send me a message or uh, send me an invite and I'll be happy to uh, be buddies with you and help root you on. The other reason I wanted to bring up NaNoWriMo is because our our beloved sponsor, Scrivener, is also a sponsor, uh, again, of NaNoWriMo. So back several years ago, gosh, I think it's going on my fifth year with NaNoWriMo. uh, That was how I first picked up Scrivener was because participants... Save 20%. That's all you have to do. Just sign up and say you're going to do NaNoWriMo. And if you try, you know, just put in some effort, you're going to get 20% off your purchase of Scrivener, which, you know, that's a pretty cool deal. That's a, that's a great deal. But winners, those who write 50,000 words and are thus called a winner for the month of November and, and in the NaNoWriMo challenge, if you complete the process required for that, you are now a winner and you will save 50% off your purchase of Scrivener, which is what I did like five years ago whenever I first tried this out. And uh, that's how I got Scrivener to begin with and then fell in love with it. So it's a great offer. It's a great thing for you to check out. And I want you to make sure to uh, 
when you click that link for my NaNoWriMo, you can go in there and look at the offers that are available and you can see where you can sign up for Scrivener. But of course, we've also got a link in the show notes directly to the Scrivener website because, you know, there's probably people out there who are not interested in doing NaNoWriMo, but you're interested in Scrivener and you're wondering how to save money. So what I want you to do is to listen to this ad for the uh, for the show that we have, because like I said, they are a sponsor of our show. Listen to this ad and uh, you can hear the coupon code that we have here at the Sample Chapter Podcast that uh, where you can save 20% without signing up for NaNoWriMo. <laughs> save a little blood, sweat, and tears. Check this out. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener writing software, built by writers for writers. Alright, so there we go. That's my uh, news I wanted to catch up everybody on with NaNoWriMo and, uh, of course, thanking our uh, beloved sponsor, Scrivener. Gosh, it's, it's a great software. Also want to thank our podcast networks that we are a, a proud part of. Uh, starting with Pop Goes the Culture. They are home to almost a dozen different shows now. Everything pop culture related. Whether we're talking movies, TV shows, cartoons, clothing, the toys, everything pop culture. Going back to the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, even wrestling. I know they've got some wrestling shows and wrestling fans in there as well. Lots of great shows for you to check out. So click that link in the show notes for Pop Goes the Culture and find yourself some great shows to listen to, including their flagship show, Pop Goes the Culture Podcast, which records live every Thursday night. And uh, they invite you to uh, come on in and interact with them. So you could do that live on Thursday nights if you like. I also want to thank my other podcast network that I'm a proud part of, which is the Project Entertainment Network, home to 35 different shows with just about anything you could be looking for for entertainment. Uh, the list goes on and on. Check out one of these amazing shows that's over there at the network. Do you like horror movies? Do you like collecting things? Do you like collecting Blu-ray special editions of horror movies? Well then, The Horror Academic's Guide to Movies is the show for you. It's a web series where every month I pick one modern classic and determine which is the best version that I recommend that you should own. I talk a little bit about the history of the movie, and in the end, you get to see what films should be in your home collection of horror's modern classics. That's the Horror Academics Guide to Movies on YouTube every month, and now part of the Project Entertainment Network. So click that link in the show notes for Project Entertainment Network for all the shows listed over there, including the one you just heard. And uh, and I also want to invite everyone to uh, be following not only this show, but also our podcast friends and sponsors, Scrivener. Follow us all on social media. Uh, you can find everybody there, or you can just go over to Sample Chapter Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
And uh, we have links in there for all those uh, that we follow in there as well. So you can, you can check that out. Anytime you want to share a post about a favorite episode, do that in there. Make sure you tag the show so that I know you did. And I'll be happy to give you a shout out. If uh, social media is not your thing, which, you know, hey, you know, we got the election coming up, so I can't blame you there. But uh, if you want to stay away from social media, but you still want to reach out to the show, please do so via email at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can drop me a line, leave me a voicemail at 660-851-1146. And uh, I will make sure to play a... You know, maybe a, a little bit of it or perhaps even the whole message on an upcoming episode. All right, without further ado, let's get on over to our interview with Australian author Liz Butcher. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. I'm so excited this week to have a another return guest. I've, I've had... I've had the, the great fortune to have met so many wonderful authors on this show, and it's really special for me when I get to have them back on, and I get to catch up a little bit and see how they're doing, and this week is no exception. Coming to us back again from Brisbane, Australia, we have Liz Butcher. Like I said, she is from Brisbane, Australia, where she resides with her husband, daughter, and their two cats. She's a self-confessed nerd with a BA in psychology and an insatiable fascination for learning. Liz, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. I'm excited to have you back here. It's been, I can't believe it's been a year. It's almost to the day. It's amazing. I know. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have been so busy. I know I've been following you and, and checking things out and Fate's Fury looks like it did really good for you. I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it did really well. So it still is, which is really exciting. So uh, it's always it's always great to have your first novel do as well as you like because you put so much into it. So to have other people um, love it is, yeah, it's just fantastic. Absolutely. So now I guess uh, so that everybody can catch up a little bit, we want to make sure that you're doing well and staying healthy there in Australia. Yeah, pretty fortunate where um, I am, luckily, knock on wood, where relatively back to normal as much as normal can be um, in the current climate so we can go to the shops and things like that so um, it's not so great in other parts of the country unfortunately but yeah I think everyone's just doing the best they can and we've got to look out for each other don't we (laughs) yeah absolutely and uh, and we were discussing before the show began you have been uh, you've been able to work from home uh, a little bit for work and or well, I guess I, I'll just let you explain that because you're going to explain it much better. You've been able to work from home, and it's uh, it's been a very interesting uh, take on that. What What is it you're working on? Yeah, so uh, I was working from home with my like my day job uh, when COVID hit, and then um, I started a six-month career um, break. Uh, started in June, so it was already set prior to COVID, um, so it was kind of just convenient timing that it kicked off when it did. So um, since June or end of May, uh, I've just been focusing on writing, which is just fantastic, and I'm loving every second of it. So um, it's, it's the dream, and I'm, I'm really hoping that I can keep it that way. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. I, I think we need to get uh, more jobs like that here in America where we can take a break and uh yeah and i guess maybe that's been a little bit of the uh silver lining to all this is 
uh, what I was going to go for was that uh, we get to spend more time with family, but uh, we've kind of gotten to do that because of uh, COVID. Exactly. I think it's important for workplaces um, just to acknowledge the fact that people have lives outside of work because when you work in an office or any kind of job, really, you spend most of your life there, which can be quite a depressing thought <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my, my boss is, is amazing. He's very much a, um, a believer in um, people pursuing their goals, so whether it be um, a career in that job or not or something outside of that, he'll back you 100% either way. So um, he'd already started giving me – time off um i started off like one day a fortnight and it was one day a week and sort of increasing um that i'd have to write at home um and i would write before work every day so he knew that i was very passionate about it um and then when i sort of started i guess wanting more time we sort of discussed yeah doing a, a career leave where i work you can have up to 12 months off um to pursue anything that you want and then you can still come back and have a job um after that time so um yeah i'm taking six months off and he's pretty much said i don't want to see you back because I know this is <laughs> this is a passion so make it work so yeah it's, it's amazing to have a workplace that supports um your dreams like that oh my goodness yes i would say i i'm similar uh not that not as supportive as what you have but uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that my day job, they do support me. They, they know what I do, and, and uh, they've been very supportive and, and, and behind me. But, yeah, they're not going to give me, you know, that kind of time off and then <laughs> come back. <Yeah>. Her. <laughs> <laughs> not here, <Yeah>. unfortunately. <laughs> mm, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's, a very, it's an awesome opportunity because, for me, with, you know, a mortgage and a family, it's scary to give up a day job in case because writing can be so um up and down and you know it's, it's not a guaranteed income or anything like that mm-hmm. um so to have that safety net of knowing that you do have a job to go back to if you can't sort of pull it off the ground is yeah it's very reassuring so yeah and I'm, I'm incredibly lucky but i know uh from uh Going back to you know following you on on social media, I know you've been very busy. You've been talking about how uh, you were doing uh, some ghostwriting. You've been doing videos online and 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 such a th- such things. And then of course the new book. You've been staying busy and really making the most of this time. Oh, absolutely! I'm flat out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have I've, I've been working six days a week pretty much since um, May. Um, probably before that actually because I was doing it before when I was still doing my day job as well. So I work around the, the clock and um but I love it. It's different when you when you love what you're doing, it's not work really. It's just yeah, doing what what you enjoy. But because I've got the mix as well. So between writing on my, my own stuff and then the ghost writing, it's always something sort of different. So I guess there's no real uh monotony or opportunity to get bored. Um so Yes, I kind of like working like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. So it's I, I have different projects, and just depending on my mood, it depends on which one I'm working on. But I could see the the value of uh, working on somebody else's stuff like that. That would be wow. That'd be really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess 
trying to write from someone else's perspective. It's it's interesting. I, I feel like I'm growing as a writer myself because um, it, it's not your your ideas um, so much. Like you might put input in and things like that, but um, trying to capture someone else's voice and someone else's ideas uh, can be quite challenging. And um, it's it's kind of cool to actually get out of your own head as far as a writer and try and get in someone else's to help deliver what they want. So uh, I, I love it. I think it's an awesome experience. Now, you know, and, and I've had a few people on here. Uh, I think you were one of the first ones that uh, I talked to who, who did some ghostwriting. But what I, I, like I haven't really heard much about what goes into that. Like how much input do you have uh, when it comes to that? It honestly depends. Um, I've had some clients that have just sort of given me a genre and a word count and said, go for it, um, in which case you've got all creative leave that you want. And then I've had other ones that um, have everything very much mapped out with characters and settings and things and you sort of need to weave it all together. So it can be one extreme to the other and little bits in, in between. But um, I actually like it when – they have their own sort of ideas and things because it's really great to bounce off with someone else. So um, I've got one that we have regular meetings with and we're always coming up with new ideas and concepts for the story um, because, yeah, you're just getting that outside perspective on, on both both ends. So I think it makes for a better piece of work um, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I was listening to our last episode. I think we talked a little bit about the uh, that characterization and developing the the characters and finding that that uh, voice uh, so that you can set a scene better. And uh, have do you think that that helps you um, getting to write in somebody else's work, and then that helps inform your own work? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think uh, even though writers have you know quite broad imaginations, we're still in some ways limited. Um, by our own perspective. So um, I think having to write for someone else's ideas and someone else's preconceived notions of what a, their character should be like kind of broadens your mind as far as creating a character. Um, and so I think that's an invaluable lesson there because I think, yes, yeah, even though my characters and my stories have been different ages and things like that, they're still, I guess, kind of bound to my life experiences and my perceptions of what people of that age and whatnot would sort of act and, and things like that. So um, especially with working in people in different countries, um, yeah, you just get a much broader perspective on, on how to write characters and I'm hoping that I'll be able to implement those skills in my, my own writing um, in upcoming projects. So everything's just a learning experience. you just got to take what, what you can from it, I think. I, well, it, it certainly seems to be working because I know – uh, looking online here, I see where your your latest book, Larue Manor, was a Gold Literary Titan Award winner. So congratulations! Thank you. I'm very excited. About that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still grinning about it. So um, yeah, I, completely unexpected, but definitely a massive highlight so um just waiting for my little award to arrive in the mail and little stickers to put on the books so <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yes. yeah. <laughs> and, i mean that's that's pretty big too i mean this was i mean you've been writing plenty and then of course the ghostwriting but then you know <laughs> a lot of people are not going to be quite aware of that they're going to see this as your second 
you know, your own second book and, and they may not be fully aware of your other ones. So uh, quite the accomplishment. Very awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a little bit proud. So. <laughs> <laughs> As you should be. Well, tell us about uh, tell us about the new book, LaRue Manor. I, I, I can't wait to hear. Yeah, so it's a young adult horror novel um, and it's set in the UK in a fictional um, town called Woodville. So we've got a young girl called Camille uh, who's about to enter her senior year of high school uh, who is here in Australia and then her father's estranged uncle passes away leaving him the family estate which is Larue Manor in the UK. So she has to pack up everything and move across the world with her family um, and then when she gets there instantly feels a bit strange about the place uh, and things start to happen. She thinks that maybe someone's watching her and um, while they're sort of cleaning up the manor and, and making it sort of a bit more habitable, she uncovers a box of photo albums in the attic uh, and uncovers uh, family history where the, the her ancestor that built the manor was actually found murdered on the day of its launch and his young daughter went missing and was never seen again. So she's kind of trying to find out what happened and and why as things start sort of unraveling around her in the manner. So it's like the more she uncovers, the more things start happening to her in the manner. Mm. So it's all interconnected and um, to the point where there's no point of return and she's got no choice but to sort of keep going for better or worse. So oh, wow. now how did how did you come up with this idea Uh, i've always been fascinated with old buildings and and here in australia we don't have anything like that that's really old like hundreds of years old um and so i've always wanted to write sort of that horror story in that kind of gothic old estate setting but i wanted to write something that was a little bit different as well i didn't sort of want to follow that I guess, predictable trope of the, the haunted mansion. Um, but I don't want to give anything away either. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just, yeah, it was something I've always wanted to do, but with a, my usual little twist to it. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there's something about those buildings that just, they they draw the eye, whether it's the, the natural beauty about them or the dread. And uh, we we have some here in America. There's some that, uh, oh, gosh, I remember a a home not far from where I I grew up that uh, it was a really big house. And I remember as a kid, it was really pretty. But then uh, as I got older, I I saw it and I realized nobody had lived there in a long time. And there was a part of me that couldn't wait to, like, try and sneak in the house sometime and and, uh, look around. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm not going in there. (laughs) I really haven't actually seen anything that really that old here. I guess where Australia's just too young a younger country. Um, so I've never really been in yeah, that situation where I found a house that's had that split between wanting to and not wanting to go in. Um, but I would love to go somewhere like yeah, that have those hundreds of years old houses where um, you've got the, the you know, the memories imprinted on them almost from all the people that have, you know, passed through there at some point. So I think yeah, it's that's I think that's what makes it creepy. It's just the knowledge that there's been so many people um, coming and and going, um, all with their own different stories and things like that. I think that's what draws my attention to them. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and with the writer's mind like you have and, and such imagination, I mean, it's who knows where the story's going to take you. Oh, absolutely. It could go off on half a dozen different tangents. <laughs> yeah. to one location and that it all be completely different. But right. yeah, that's the benefit of a active imagination, I think. Oh my goodness. Now, how about the, uh, <laughs> how about the characters in there? Were they, uh, was that some of them that just kind of came out with the, uh, the story or was it somebody, or was it inspired somehow? Um, no, they all sort of just came about on their own. My characters tend to do that. <laughs> um, I sort of based Camille loosely on, I guess, myself as a teen in that sort of, I think being an army brat and moving around, so I drew from from that um, experience, like having to go to a new school and a new place and making new friends. Um, but I guess hers was heightened by the fact she also had this creepy house that she was living in and weird stuff going on. So um, aside from her, though, the other characters kind of just formed organically, especially um, sort of the, the darker characters. Um, again, I can't really say. I don't want to sort of ruin it for anybody. <laughs> no, but, that's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's definitely some interesting traits in, in some of the characters, but, yeah, you have to read it to understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. No, I – and I understand. I, I do understand. That would, that would be it, – it's tough describing sometimes because, yeah, there's you, you never know what's going to be the uh, – the linchpin that's going to let the rest of it out. And you're like, Oh gosh, all right, fine. I'll just tell you everything. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's hard to know when to not say something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If it's horror or romance, you can't tell too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. will leave it up to the reader's imagination to work it out as I go along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so what, uh, what's next for you? What do you have, uh, or are you working on anything? Yeah, so um, I'm in the process of uh, querying my next novel, which is called Never Never, uh, which is a modern take on the Peter Pan uh, story. Mm-hmm. Uh, only it's set in the here and now, and Wendy Darling is all grown up, and she's a detective haunted by her past where she was abducted by this bizarre creature called Pam. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, there's a new abduction with a new girl, very similar to how she disappeared when she was a teenager and she feels that it's connected and there's all this stuff going on. But, yeah, it's basically um, a modern retelling of Peter Pan where everyone's grown up. Oh, wow, that sounds incredible. Yeah, so it's kind of like a detective slash horror slash paranormal mishmash. <laughs> yeah, wow. I always love hearing people's takes on, on something um... – yeah, an old story like Peter Pan, and and to hear somebody else's take on it, and like I'm gonna go a different direction, and that sounds incredible. Oh, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> do you? Uh, I I don't know. Do you have a an estimation for when that might when you might finish with that? I'm hoping to release it next year. Um, so that's the plan at this stage. Uh, depending on, I guess, if it gets picked up or whether I self-publish it. I'm not too sure at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the, in the meantime, I'm starting a, a serial um, based on a character called Luna Zimmer. Uh, she's basically this sort of hot mess of a, a woman that's deciding to embark on a paranormal career. Um, but she's quite nuts, so it's been quite fun to write so far. Um, and then I'm also working on a, a, a big fantasy 
novel as well. So, yeah, plenty to come out over the next year or two. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Well, as always, you're going to have to let me know whenever those come out. So that way I can uh, tell the listeners if I, if I can't get you on the show, then we'll, I'll at least let everybody know that uh, that's available. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can, uh, where can everybody find and follow you again? Yeah, sure. So they can find me on my website, which is www.lizbutcher.com.au um, or on my Facebook page, which is Liz Butcher Author, uh, or on Twitter um, and Instagram, which my handle is at Luna Lovelies. Outstanding. And yep, everybody, you already know, I will have those links in the show notes. So as you're listening, you can uh, click in there. Well, listen to the whole episode, then click on the links and go back exactly. in there because you want to hear all this. And I know you you, you definitely want to hear what's about to happen. So <laughs> Liz, thank you so much for coming back on the show. It is lovely as always to talk to you. Oh, my pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside and, uh, Wait with bated breath to hear the latest from our guest, Liz Butcher, LaRue Manor. Thank you. So here we go, LaRue Manor, and this is the prologue. Mina sat on the soft green grass, shaded by the old oak tree against which she rested. The long skirt of her sky-blue satin party dress, now ruined, billowed out around her. A smile danced across her face as she stroked the cat in her lap, listening to the sounds of her parents' party drifting with the breeze. The melodic tunes of the string quartet mingled with the steady flow of conversation. Friends and family had travelled far and wide to see the grandest house in the province. Completed at last, an architectural marvel, her father called it. Many of the guests were residents from local towns, and most of them Mina had never seen or heard of before. Raising her hand, she pressed her thumb to her finger, marvelling at the stickiness of the blood. She found it fascinating how it changed from warm and fluid to thick and cool in such little time. Here you are, her father said. We've been looking all over for you. Everyone's asking after you. That nanny of yours. He stopped when he realised what she was doing. Mina grinned up at him. Hello, Papa. Kitty and I are having our own party. The grown-ups were boring. She wiped a stray piece of her ebony hair off her forehead with the back of her hand, leaving a streak of blood in its wake. No, not again. Her father's voice trembled with anger. Mina could see the weight of the sadness in his eyes, but she felt nothing for it. He stepped forward and grabbed his daughter by the wrist, yanking her to her feet. Mina gasped when the dead cat tumbled from her lap. Kitty, she cried. Her father stormed off, pulling her along behind him. Wait, Papa, I want my kitty, she wailed, hot tears spilling down her cheeks. In her distress, it took her a while to realise they weren't headed back to the house. Instead, her father led her towards the woods behind their estate. Papa, where are we going? Somewhere I should have taken you sooner. Confused by the unsuspected turn, Mina soon forgot her tears and her kitty and hurried along after him. Her tiny feet scurried across the grass as she struggled to keep up. They slowed when they entered the woods so her father could better navigate his way through the trees. He paused here and there as though unsure of his bearings. Mina took the time to marvel at her surroundings. Her parents had always forbidden her to enter the woods, but now she knew it was the perfect place to play with her animals. Her father came to an abrupt stop, causing Mina to run into the back of his legs. When he didn't move, she peeked around to find a wall of rock behind them. She blinked at it with wide eyes. It rose quite high, at least twice as high as her papa, before curving at the top. It made her think of a giant sleeping monster hibernating in the woods. Moss and plants spread out across the stone in patches of damp greenery, and a small stream trickled down the front. She wondered where the water came from. It hadn't rained in weeks. and she followed the water downwards, she noticed a narrow opening in the rocks. 
Papa, is it a cave? she exclaimed, looking up at him. He stared straight ahead, unmoving for so long, Mina was unsure if he'd heard her. Only when she tugged on his hand did he give a small nod. I do love you, Mina, his voice trembled, and he released her hand. She ignored his sentiment and dashed towards the cave. Without hesitation, she got down on her knees and poked her head into the darkness. When her father gave no further protest, she took it as permission to explore and scurried into the cave. The darkness enveloped her. Mina wondered what kind of animal she would find inside. Then something shoved her from behind, her hand slipped forward, and she lost her balance. Before she could call out, she was falling, falling, falling. Oh my gosh, what a cliffhanger ending that was. That was Liz Butcher reading a sample chapter from her latest book, La Rue Manor. My gosh, did the dad push her? Was it someone else? How far will she fall? Is it even real? Find out that and more by clicking the link in the show notes for Liz's website and her and her Amazon links as well. Make sure you also click that link in the show notes for all of our podcast friends and sponsors alike. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with Michael May, one half of the Hellbent for Letterbox podcast network and very talented graphic artist. This is going to be a real treat. I can't wait to share that with you. Take care, everyone. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.